Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible! <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Week 10 Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. This is our player projection episode where we'll run through our top five players at each position, discuss the players we're high and low on this week, and throw out some player props for each position. Joining me, Chris Raybon, as always, one of the top fantasy rankers in the game, Sean Kern. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Uh, definitely been better. Uh, coming <laughs> yeah. off my worst uh probably in a while i think i went like three and eight or something oh. uh of course i went five and one in, in game uh bets couldn't post those in the app yet but um uh, yeah just the games i've been winning the props i've been winning just have been crushing it and then like most ones i lose are by half a reception or just a couple yards in fact the, the one that wasn't uh, the one that was the uh most far off was actually the geno smith one i was on there with you but that that should have cashed too so uh, you know, times like this, it's frustrating, but it just, you know, I'm going to be motivated, you know, still <laughs> ready to rock and sticking with the process. But man, times like this are brutal. How are you doing? I had another good week. I was seven and three. Unfortunately, you know, I think we were undefeated uh, in the one, yeah. in the bets we were doing together. And I think 0 oh and 2, because I think two of my losses that Dolphins over, which lost. Yeah. Week, and then uh, the, the Gino. So. It's my fault. Uh, something happened. <laughs> I must be cursed. Uh, hopefully, it's just a one-week thing. Uh, uh, but I haven't had a losing week like that in like over a year. I feel like so. Oh man, happens. Um, yeah, no, that's the thing with betting. You know, it's it's bound to happen. So you got to just plow through and not not change too much if the process is working. You know, to see that Ken Dorothy gif. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slam the headset. <laughs> oh yeah, that was me. But you just move on. On to week ten. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. So let's get let's get on to week ten. Then uh, let's start with the quarterback position. Top five for week ten. Well, I have Josh Allen number one for now. We'll see how that uh, progresses this week, but it's not looking good to start. Um, and then I have Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. Welcome to my top five, and uh, Kyler Murray. 
Yeah, I'm I'm just leaving Allen out for now because like I don't know where his health is going to be. I'm like I don't like I don't like an elbow injury for a quarterback that like swings all around the yard. You know what I mean, yeah, so, that's the that's the Tommy John. Yeah, uh, I know. Like a man, that's not good. And just the way he throws, like he uses a lot of yeah. elbow. Like, so I, I even if he plays, I'm going to be a little worried about him uh, being 100. percent So I have Jalen Hurts number one, Patrick Mahomes number yeah. two. What a game for him! Even oh, yeah. they scored 20 points, and it was one of the best <laughs> quarterback performances I've ever yeah. seen. Uh, Justin Fields number three. Yes, welcome to the top. Five. We hey, we we loved him. He had a bad first month, but he's uh, rewarding everybody who went you know late round yeah. quarterback. Uh, Tua Tonga Vailoa number four, another just baller, mm-hmm. and uh, and Kyler number five. Although, <laughs> don't feel great about him <laughs> these days, man. Yeah. Uh, but uh, who who are you high on this week? Um, I'm going Daniel Jones uh, against the Texans. He's my Q10. Uh, consensus has him QB15. Honestly, it's really close at QB1 to two fringe range. Um, I have one fancy point separating my QB9 to my QB17. So I that bunch. I like Jones because he, he does provide that rushing upside, um, you know, against Texans. He could break off one or two huge runs. Um, he might not have to throw as much, but they have a team total around 23. That would tie their third highest score of the season. So increased touchdown odds uh, for Daniel Jones. So just in that range, I just got to go with his upside here. So he's in my top 10 this week. Uh, one guy, uh, I'm pretty in line with this, to be honest, but one guy is Jacob Brissett. I have him a few spots higher. Uh, going against that Miami defense, they're actually last in fantasy points allowed. Two quarterbacks. And Miami is one of the better run defenses against running backs. Obviously, they struggled against uh, Justin Fields in the ground game. But uh, Brissett's been looking pretty good out there. And, uh, you know, coming off the bye, you know, he's probably going to have a few games left to prove his worth with Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson coming back. So I think, it'll, I think it's an interesting spot for him. I think he could throw him in some DFS lineups, you know, deeper leagues, two QB leagues. I think he'd be a, a, a decent start this week. So I'll go with Jacoby. Uh, who are you low on? Uh, I'm low on Justin Herbert. Um, you know, there, there's only so much he can do without both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Uh, so last week he stole against Falcons. Uh, and now he has a tough, tougher matchup against the 49ers. Now I'm guessing Keenan Allen finally returns this week, but nothing certain with him right now. And he, at this point, even once he does return, I, I'm assuming he's going to be pretty limited. Um, in his first game back. So, um, you know, this is a brutal spot for Herbert. Again, I only have one point separating my QB9 to QB17. So it doesn't do much. So he's my QB15 right now. The ECR is still, you know, QB8, but I think people are going to be, uh, you know, once they update projections, be a little bit lower than that. Um, you know, the, the 49ers ranked second in DBA against running backs in the passing game. So they might be able to contain Ecker there. It's just, it's a very bad spot for Herbert. Um, I'm going to like the rest of the season. Hopefully, you know, Keenan Allen can return to form soon, uh, but it's not looking good for Herbert right now. Yeah. I mean, he, the only thing he really has on his side with all these receivers is volume. Like they tend to throw a ton, but yeah. I was here last week, his passing yardage prop was like 285. And I was just like, I'm looking like, am I crazy? Cause like I had it like 15 yards lower, but I'm just like, all right, he has no Allen, no Mike Williams. You know, he's playing the Falcons who can run the clock all day. And it's like, um, so I, yeah, I do think people will be a little lower on him uh, this week. Cause it's just, it's just tough to, you know, put up those kind of numbers without your two best receivers. Uh, especially like, if, like you said, that they contain yeah. Eckler. Uh, I will go with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what more needs to be said about this guy at this point? Like not, not only, is his supporting cast, you know, not supporting him, but he's playing poorly. And it, it, now he's going against the best defense, 
or one of the best defenses in the league, a defense that can do the thing that in peak Rodgers form, you could defeat him with, which is getting pressure without blitzing. That's what Dallas does. So, uh, you know, I think this is a really tough matchup. Looks like Romeo Dobbs is going to be out. So once again, he's down, you know, another pass catcher. Aaron Jones, I know, got banged up. But, uh, you know, if he's not 100 percent, that's yet another a guy that he likes to throw to so it's just it's just not looking great he's not playing well i feel like like he's like at some point he's gonna stop checking out of runs too <laughs> he's just gonna be like yo i suck i need to just hand the ball off so yeah i i can't get behind rogers and you know he's qb 16 right now like that's even that's too high yeah no uh, you know silly me high on him last against the lions to be fair like you know three of those interceptions are right like on the goal line or in the end zone he just missed a big game, but yeah, I'm I'm back on the fading Aaron Rodgers train. He's my QB thirteen, uh, QB twenty three. Sorry, yeah, is that where you have him? Like outside of the top? Yeah, 20? yeah, he's outside my top twenty. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, but Dobbs out like against Dallas. Uh, I mean, hopefully they make a play for Odell Beckham. I mean, they have to, right? But, I, absolutely. Like, I don't. That's not hopeful. Like I don't. I don't want to see Odell Beckham go to die in Green Bay. Like <laughs> I want him I guess in the playoffs. True. I want to see him in the playoffs. Like I, I want him to go to the Giants. Very disgust this. That but, would be uh, fun. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, how about this? Obviously, the Packers aren't going to make a move for him or anybody. You know, they missed the boat. Um, so you know, just Rodgers is collapsing uh to close the season. Yeah, dudes just be old, man. Like <laughs> so like yeah. sometimes it's like all these excuses that the simplest one is just like just uh, like it is so like the edges are so small in the national football yeah. that it's like you know, a little bit of reaction time that he might have had even last year that he lost. It could have been a difference between one or two of those yep. interceptions. So uh, same thing with Brady. I know he got the win, but, you know, it's it's just oh, man, that age seems to be catching up to these guys. All right, uh, let's go with the prop and got to go with Justin Fields rushing yards. Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah, what was the record last week? Uh, we each split. Uh, of course we did. Daryl Henderson actually beat you, of all people. <laughs> he went over. <laughs> oh, he went over? I... <laughs> yeah, he had 55 yards, bro. <laughs> oh, damn. That, that, they flipped the usage. Like, he didn't see uh, yeah. much passing work. Uh, yeah, man. River, Rivers we, didn't play. Yeah, it, was, it, was it was a disaster, like, like we thought. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he went over. Damn it. Yeah, like my Rams projections were hilarious last week. I just like split every running back in like in, in a quarter. Like it was just like yeah. everyone got like four carries. Same, and I'm doing that again <laughs> this week. Yeah. Okay. So rushing yards. Yeah, Justin, Justin Fields. Justin oh, Fields rushing God. yards. Uh, over under sixty eight and a half. Were you gonna say sixty six? Because yeah, I have I have sixty seven. So <laughs> since you're nice. on sixty eight. I'll go with the – oh, my God, he's playing the Lions. Yeah, boy, man coverage team. They're going to turn and run. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I'll go with the under. Okay. Khalil Herbert will break off multiple <laughs> long touchdown runs to save me on this, but that is a that is a damn good line. Yeah, I mean, it's – you know, it's one of these things where it's just – it seems to just be <laughs> – like every week he seems to be, you know, doing more uh, and more, just breaking out. So, like, I don't even know – like, we might be talking about him like a like, – like, remember how you were – Okay, with MVP, yeah, like yeah. we might be talking about him like that by the end of the year if he keeps. Oh this. yeah, um, uh, you saw Mike McDaniel uh, begging him to stop scrambling. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, some good, some good press conference moments this week. Aaron Rodgers like, yeah, I'm playing shitty, and yeah, McDaniel <laughs> like, yeah, I told this it. dude, I told this dude to stop scrambling, but he didn't listen. It was very annoying. Oh man, uh, all right, running backs, top five. Uh, so I got Saquon Barkley number one, then Derrick Henry. Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, and uh, Travis Etienne. Yeah, I got Saquon number one, McCaffrey two, Henry three, Etienne four. 
Uh, and Kenneth Walker the third, uh, number five. Nice. Not leaving him out the top five anytime soon. It's a good running back week. Like you know, between Barkley, Henry, uh, McCaffrey, there. ETN, they all yeah. Massive projections right now. Massive. Yeah. Um, okay. Who are you high on? Uh, so I'm high on James Conner. Uh, he's my RB19 right now. The consensus is RB24. Uh, he finally returned from his rib injury, and you know he honestly returned to his full time role, but. He only saw seven carries because the Cardinals were trailing uh, for a lot of that game. Um, and I thought, you know, Benjamin may eat into his receiving usage even once, uh, you know, Connor returned, but that was not the case. Uh, Connor had a season high 66% routes run rate, uh, caught five balls, only 19 yards, but that's going to be key against a good Rams defense is to be, you know, involved in the passing game. So he's back in play as a mid range RB2 type. You know, there's four teams on by this week, a lot of good running backs. We got the Ravens, Bengals. Patriots, Jets on by this week. So, you know, he's way up there in my projection just based on his underlying usage. Granted, the you know, the Cardinals can keep this one closer, get him more carries, potentially a goal line carry or two. So I, I do like Connor. I think he's back. He's a good by-low candidate, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and then I'm sticking with Rashad, with Rashad White uh, this week. You know, I said last week he's, he's continuing to eat in the Leonard Fournette's workload. You know, the Bucs don't run the ball much, um, but he is still eating in his workload. He could leapfrog Fournette at any given moment. Um, and he outrushed Fournette once again with one fewer rush attempt. Um, and he chipped in three catches. So this week, uh, you know, with all those teams on by, he's on that RB3 flex fringe. Um, and he carries RB2 upside even if Fournette stays healthy the rest of the season. So uh, he's a guy that I'm trying to stash in any leagues where he's still available. But uh, I think he's kind of sneaky this week against the Seahawks. But the running game, what a shit show. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. They, they got to mix. Not that White has been great as a runner, but they, they got to do something yeah. to change it up. So just, you know, having him start could be something that happens. Uh, I will go. Well, first of all, ETN, I'm hiring him again. I feel like I feel like this every week with these these young backs. I just love them. I, you know, watching ETN, I mean, he looks like he reminds me a little bit of Alvin Kamara uh, his first couple oh, yeah. years in the league. He's just like he's not like he doesn't look super big or powerful but he's just bouncing off everybody's like making everybody miss and he's averaging 28 and a half touches the last two games so whatever you and they traded james robinson so this is not like a mirage like this is they obviously yeah. intended to just feed this dude the football and that's new for doug peterson i mean peterson was known to have like these committees so i don't know if it's etn's talent or what but he just he seems to love this guy so um i you know Kansas City, number 20 in run defense DVOA, 26th uh, in DVOA on targets to running backs. Another great matchup for ETN uh, to be the, the focal point of their offense. And, I mean, he, this guy could have 30 touches in a game, you know, if if, if the game is close. So, love him. Uh, and another one is uh, a guy everyone's kind of piling on, but Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, he's the consensus RB39. Like, He's gonna. He's still gonna be the starter when he comes back. You know, it's not. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and listen, he hasn't been bad this year. He's just, yeah. you know, Pollard is just great. So, yeah. uh, but you know, I, I still expect Zeke to come back to you know, if not, you know, that six, that two thirds, sixty six percent, sixty five, at least 60, 55, 60 percent of the workload, um, and, and out snap Pollard. So I think you know he still belongs as a you know top twenty five running back against this Packers defense that, by the way, is 31st in DVOA against the run. They, they just lost uh, Gary to a season ending. Oh, yep. So, you know, they, they're, you know, their front, which is underperforming, but still very talented is now getting weakened. So 
Uh, and, you know, expect the Packer offense to do much because it's Dallas defense is great. They're going to have an extra week to prepare for everything. So Zeke had an extra week to heal up. So I I, I like Zeke. I uh, like, you know, Pollard, but not like I think Pollard's too high and Zeke's too low. So uh, I'm high on Zeke this week. Yeah, as somebody that has Pollard in like every week, I do agree <laughs> that Zeke's going to return that uh, full-time workload. He's my RB24, but I saw Pollard as RB22. Uh, it's going to be a run funnel matchup, and I, I don't think the Packers will be able to keep up. So I think both could be uh, RB2 uh, plays with this week. And it was fun getting that one game without Zeke. We saw Tony Pollard's upside. Uh, so at least we got one of those games. Uh, but when it comes to ETN, are you worried at all about a negative game script against no. the Chiefs? Right. I, I mean, this- no. He got 28 touches in a game that went down 17 zip. They went, they were like, they're literally down 17. Yeah, no, I was, I was, up, I agree. I obviously agree. But I mean, he's, he's a legit pass catching back too. Like yeah. you said, he does remind me of Kamara. This could easily be the first game we see him with four more catches. So this will be the week where he's going to prove that he's game script proof. Um, you know, they've been able to lean on the run these past few games because it's been close. But even if they were to get behind by 10 or more, you know, he's going to be very involved in the passing game. So this this could be a spot where we see him break out as a pass catcher. Yeah, I mean, I think he proved it this week. They were, like, they were dead in the water. The Raiders having problems yeah. with holding on leads. But, like, this, that game looked over in, like, the first half. And then, you know, he, he yeah. kept with it. So, uh, love him. Uh, who are you low on? Uh, this one seems like a gimme, but I'm low on DeAndre Swift. Uh, he's my RB33. The consensus has him RB19. I don't know what game they were watching. Uh, but he was expected to be limited – uh, last week, and he was, he only saw two carries. He only saw 27% routes run rate. Um, and the really concerning thing was his playing time uh, decreased as the game went on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that that was especially concerning because Craig, Ron- Craig Reynolds had to leave the game due to an injury. So that led to Justin Jackson seeing more playing time. But, you know, they left Swift on the bench. So that's not good. And we saw the Lions do this with Swift at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was able to return from injury, and they just had him in a limited role. Just get him some reps, but they, you know, they're probably looking for next year at this point. So can't trust him until we know for sure he's going to see close to a full workload. So I don't get the ECR being so high right now. Uh, and the other is Deontay Foreman. Uh, it looks like Chuba Hubbard uh, could return to action this week. Uh, so this backfield is going to be pretty murky. But the, the one thing we know for sure is Foreman won't see much receiving work, um, especially with Hubbard back. But Hubbard could also eat into his early down work. Uh, this week as well. So you're essentially banking on touchdowns with Foreman. Uh, and granted, he scored three touchdowns the last time he faced Falcons. Um, however, this is the Panthers offense we're talking about. So they're not going to be able to set him up with too many goal line ops, you know, going forward. So they have a team total of 20 and a half this week. I'm not buying him as a mid-range RB2. The consensus is RB17 right now. Um, I have him as more of a, you know, RB2, RB3 fringe, at RB26. So he's sort of a, you know, touchdown or bust kind of guy for me right now. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, because the use last week, I mean, the game got out of hand so quickly that it's tough oh, yeah. to know. Um, it is a short week, so it's it's tough. But uh, I I think the Panthers themselves will rebound against the Falcons. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's tough to put them up that high. But they were getting your boy Blackshear involved. Yeah, I mean, that game Spencer was over. Brown. It's just yeah. Mur- yeah, I know the blowout <laughs> had a lot to do with it. But they're, you know, they, they already know what they have at Foreman. They're just trying to see what they got in that backfield. So that, that it's all bad for Foreman, I think, going forward. Yeah, and Swift. I mean, I guess you just have to pay attention to you know what they're saying because they did they did kind of hint that they would limit him you know this, this yeah. week. So I think like there might be a point where they say okay, like these there's no restrictions, and then you got to bump him up. But until we get that you know confirmation, yeah, there's it's tough to to have as an RB two. 
for me, I'll go with Miles Sanders. He's the consensus RB12. I think that's too high. Obviously, last week, great matchup for him. He was right in that same spot, like RB12, going against the Texans, who are the worst run defense in the league. Now you're playing the Commanders, who uh, are the second best run defense in the league. And, you know, that's just a completely different matchup because Sanders is not really getting much work in the passing game. And we saw, you know, Dalvin Cook didn't have a great game on the ground, but he caught that touchdown at near the end of the game that saved his value. But Sanders, he's not really going to give you that's going to be more of Kenneth Gainwell's role. So mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, top 12, you know, RB1 this week for Sanders uh, is, you know, yes, they're a home favorite, big, big, uh, you know, big team total, but I just don't think this is the the, the best matchup for him. Uh, and then Tony Pollard, RB13, you already talked about him. I, I like, he should be in the 20s, but RB13 is is a bit much. Like, again, I still think uh, Zeke is going to outsnap him in, in this matchup. And uh, Raheem Mostert, he's uh, the consensus RB23. He actually had a 50-50 carry split with Jeff Wilson Jr. in Wilson Jr.'s first game. And Wilson Jr. ran uh, more routes than Mostert. So, remember, Mike McDaniel knows Wilson and Mostert from their days in San Francisco. So this might be, you know, I kind of said it, you know, Mostert probably will be seeing a reduced role going forward. I think I said that last week or whenever the trade happened last week. Yeah. And, you know, it already has come to fruition. You know, it, it, it's, I, I think they're a little uncomfortable with Mostert, you know, playing as much as he had no choice because they never was going on with Chase Edmonds. They just were not, obviously not, not with it. So uh, yeah, Mostert RB23 is a little too high. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, and I was still a Mozart believer after that trade, but you, you called it. And, you know, we have to remember that this is like a 49ers scheme. So it's it's probably going to be a murky running back <laughs> yeah. the rest of the season. But I think both can provide, you know, fringe RB2, RB3 value. I mean, this is a point offense. They're, you know, they split the work down the middle of the first week, which is really good news for Wilson, because I would imagine going forward, he's only going to see more. Uh, but either way, you know, they're, they're seeing valuable touches. Um, and they'll, they'll probably split, you know, goal line work. So I think both have RB2 upside. And if either one of them go down, we know who to start. So I think uh, we still want to invest in this backfield, but it could be murky, similar to, you know, 49ers running back committees in the past. Yeah, exactly. I think, like, ultimately, they just want guys they can, that can be interchangeable, you know? So yep. um, that that's that makes it tough. All right, well, what you got for the prop? Uh, so I'm going with the uh, Bears running backs. We're going to have a rushing yard uh <laughs> Prop, uh, it's uh, David Montgomery minus two and a half rushing yards versus Khalil Herbert plus two and a half uh, against geez. the Lions. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. 
Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Against the Lions. Uh, uh, and you said minus two and a half? Minus two and a half, Montgomery. Uh, I'll go I'll go the hurt side. <laughs> I, know, I know Montgomery yeah. had more carries again last week, but like, I still think, you know, Herbert's just, his efficiency is so much better. And I think that could easily just kind of flip because Montgomery's doing nothing with these carries. I mean, his yards per carry average went from 4.5 to 4.1 to 3.5 to 2.6 the last four weeks. So, you know, uh, they said they were going to go with the hot hand and Montgomery's really not, has not been the hot hand. So I think at some point, yep. like you might get a situation where, it just like starts the game or something, you know, like you know, that's oh, not I would love that. out of the question, <laughs> you know, it just, it just comes, you know, very swiftly. Like we're watching red zone. It's like Herbert's just in there on the first drive. So yeah, I, I, I know Montgomery kind of had the edge in the past uh, and even last this week, but this is a tough run defense. We, you know, we both talked about that um, tough run defense against Miami. So, uh, but overall, I still think Herbert's been better. So, you mean the Lions? No, I mean Miami last week. Oh, oh yeah. Both of them say, were unproductive. They do not have a tough yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no, this week, yeah, this week and, um, it's better, yeah. Yeah, last week, um, so they, they typically give Montgomery the first two drives and then Herbert comes in. That was even before the hot hand thing. Yeah. Uh, last week, Herbert came in on the second drive, which was a new thing. So that is really kind of solidifying this being more of a true 50-50 split. Like you said, Herbert's been the better back, so he could actually leapfrog Monty at you know any given notice. Yeah, like I have Herbert, 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 like he's like a point six yards per carry better than Montgomery, which yeah. is which is crazy on the same team. I, I do factor, you know, the offensive line yeah. yards before contact, and he still comes out uh, a lot better. All right, uh, wide receiver top five. I got Tyree Kill, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs. Well, yeah, for now, assuming Josh Allen's playing, uh, and then Justin Jefferson and Devonte Adams. Yeah, I got. Uh, Cup Hill, Jefferson, Diggs, Adams. So same, same top five, different order. But yeah, uh, you know, obviously Diggs without Josh Allen bumps down. But remember, Minnesota is still pretty bad against number one yeah. uh, wide receivers. So I mean, even with Case Keenum, I think it would be uh, a decent, a decent matchup for him. Yeah, Minnesota is thirty first, thirtieth, uh, excuse me, against number one receiver. Yeah, he, he, so he'll be a play um, even with Case Keenum. How about our boy Gabe Davis? Is he? Uh, <laughs> I haven't I haven't crunched the numbers if Case Keenum's under center, but I can't imagine Gabe Davis is going to fare uh, too well with that. Yeah, it, it'd definitely be a downgrade. Uh, He'd probably be in, in the thirties um, at least. Yeah, it's you know it's just challenge arm strength and you know willingness to throw. I mean, Gabe Davis could have had a much bigger game if he catches that ball at yep. the end of the game against the Jets. But uh, yeah, still even with that, it's uh, it would be a tough matchup. Um. All right, who are you high on? Uh, so it looks like I'm super high on Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, against the Dolphins. Now, this is assuming David Joku is still out, um, but I have Peoples-Jones as my wide receiver 27. It's weird to say. Uh, but the ECR is wide receiver 42. But, you know, look, he's sco- had five straight games with four more catches. Mm. Um, and last week without Njoku, 
Um, they used Harrison Bryant only as a blocker. I don't even think he saw a target. I'll have to double check, but it's it, this is a very top-heavy passing attack with Amari Cooper and Peoples-Jones, you know, dominating the target share. Um, they were using Kareem Hunt as a wide receiver at times. Um, so this is a matchup where you kind of hinted at this earlier, Brissett, where you know, Dolphins are a pass-funnel matchup. They rank 31st in DVOA against the pass. Uh, Browns might have to throw just to keep up with this high-octane offense that the Dolphins have. So uh, Peoples-Jones, like, he's had a very high floor um, the past five weeks in a game where they could be throwing more. I love his ceiling as well. Um, and then also have to go with Cortland Sutton uh, against the Titans. He's my wide receiver 23 versus the consensus of wide receiver 30. Um, you know, he has definitely struggled the past three games. So I'm hoping, you know, after this bye, he and Russell Wilson can get back on the same page. Uh, and, that you know, the Broncos will probably throw more here against the Titans. We saw that with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, slinging around over 60 times against this pass funnel defense, you know, that the Titans rank first in DVO against the run now. Um, so I think this is a matchup where the, the Broncos are going to air it out a little bit more. And Sutton's underlying usage has been pretty good lately, just that, you know, the box score hasn't been matching it. So I think he breaks out here and he's back on the low end uh, wide receiver two range for me. Yeah. I mean, do you think uh, they'll shadow him with Fulton or or Judy? Uh, that's, that's something later in the week. We'll see. Uh, I mean, Sutton hasn't been playing great late, so, sure. you know, they, they could mix and match. I, I don't think they need to like lock down either one. So it might be a 50, 50 thing, um, because both are playing well, but that that's something I definitely factor in once we get later in the week. Yeah, no. Cause I mean, you know, Jeff, I was well on Valda scan last week. Cause I, I figured Fulton would be on. I, don't, I didn't look at the shadows, but, uh, they, like they didn't, he didn't, the outside receivers didn't really do much against, um, Tennessee, so that's why I ask. Well, if you're low on Valdez Scantling, you hit that, right? That was a <laughs> he, he only saw one target on 63 attempts or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's why I'm that's why Insane. I asked about I don't I don't yeah. I didn't I don't know if it was floating on him full time or anything, but I, I do know the mm. Titans have been pretty decent against uh perimeter guys. Uh, after you know, since getting Molly Watt by Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh all right. I am high on Wandale Robinson. Um, you know, he's still outside the top 40, but you know, first of all, we got a situation we love, which is rookies coming off, off a bye. Yep. And also, you know, even though he had a, a down game heading into the bye, he saw a, a season high 85% uh, route participation. So he went 34% in his first game back, 78% in his second game back, 85% in his third game back. He's his targets per route is right around 20%. So uh, you know, the underlying usage is good. I think coming out of the bye, I think they'll really start to get him going. Uh, you can start seeing rush attempts and, you know, being used kind of in that old Darius Tony role. Uh, so uh, I like him against Houston defense. That's good. You know, they're going to play a lot of zone defense. So it's just, you know, Robbins is going to just be a kind of run around and, and find some soft spots and, and whatnot. I don't think it's going to be too hard to get him the ball in this matchup, especially with an extra week uh, to prepare. All right. Uh, who are you low on? Uh, I'm low on uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, against the Chargers, he's my wide receiver 34. Looks like ECR is wide receiver 22 right now. I think he's actually a good sell high candidate. Uh, you know, he went off for uh, six catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown against the Rams right before the bye. But they, you know, the 49ers were without Debo Samuel and Juwan Jennings, so uh, both are likely to return this week. Plus, you know, having a pass catching back like Christian McCaffrey in this offense is just going to eat into everybody's target share. Uh, going forward so this week especially against the Chargers offense that probably won't be able to score much this week um, and the Chargers have a run funnel defense uh, I just don't know if I you know deserves to be on that wide receiver two uh, radar so he's he's more of a low end wide receiver three for me and just somebody going forward 
I don't know if we can bank on the same sort of usage uh, that we saw in the first half of the season. Um, and this is scary to say, but Michael Hardman, uh, I'm low on him um, against the Jaguars. He's my wide receiver 45. The ECR is wide receiver 37, which, you know, makes sense. He's been playing out of his mind lately. Um, but, you know, he's been doing it in limited playing time. He's still in that 55% routes run range, um, three straight games with a touchdown. Uh, so that's something that we can't really bank on, just given how Mahomes likes to spread it around, especially in the red zone. Um, so now while Hardman hasn't really done anything to lose playing time, he is probably the the most likely person to lose that uh, to Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony going forward. I don't know if that's going to happen this week. Uh, but certainly later in the season that could come into play. So just Harmon's a guy that I think is ECRs just a bit too high because it's banking on recent, uh, you know, touchdown luck, I would say. Um, but he he's more of like a wide receiver for upside kind of play, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that was a guy I was going to go with as well, Hardman. You know, I, I don't think he can kind of survive on this touchdown upset. And there's just a lot going on in that wide receiver room. First of all, as I mentioned, I think it was just a matchup for Valdez Scantling. So yeah. I think he'll be, you know, back up at some point. And, you know, you never know what they're going to do with Tony uh, and some more as the season progresses. Like, how much are those guys going to eat in to Hardman's uses? As for a guy that's not never, you know, he's always, he's topping out at like high 50% in terms of routes run. So, yeah, I agree. All right. uh, For the prop, let's go with Drake London. Let's get right to a Thursday. Oh, no. Okay. Drake London receiving yards because. It's, you know, he's, it's been really tough against the Panthers last game uh, two weeks ago. He only had 31 receiving yards, uh, you know, another bad game against the, the uh, Chargers just 23. So now he hasn't cleared 40 yards. Uh, yeah. He hasn't topped 40 yards oh. since week three. So I'm going to go with uh, 40 and a half. Will he top 40 <laughs> yards? I knew you were setting that up. I was, I was thinking <laughs> 40 and a half. That's my number. But yeah, looking at the game log, uh, he had 40 in week six, so he yep. didn't clear it then. But God, I, I'm going to have to go with the under. And again, that's nothing to do with his talent. It's just this situation of just being an extreme, and I mean it, extreme run-heavy offense. So the fact that they are slight favorites this week concerns me with Drake London. Uh, but again, I mean, he has all the talent in the world. It just They're just not using him because they don't throw. Yeah, so, oh, I mean, good, yeah. good line though. I mean, good line, uh, but just have to lean under here. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, I'm I'm pretty worried about him. Um, all right, let's go to tight end, top five. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, T.J. Hawkinson, and boy, Greg Dulcich, uh, tight end four, and Taysom Hill. What a grab bag of whoa, yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah. I have. I mean, I think mine is a little more conventional. I have Kelsey Goddard. <laughs> Kittle, Ertz, Hawkinson. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, <laughs> who are you high on? Uh, so I'm high on Greg Dulcich. I alternate every week with Hayden Hurst and Greg Dulcich. But, yeah, I, he's done nothing to disprove my theory that he has top five upside. Um, so, you know, we, we've seen his receiving yards go up in each of his three games. Uh, and he's a rookie coming off a bye. Uh, we've been banging the drum on that. So I think, uh, you know, the sky's the limit with him. Um, his underlying usage has been phenomenal. Um, so yeah, like he is way up there for me and he's uh, my tight end for this week. Yeah. Love me some Dulcich. Uh, you know, he's, he's playing well and they're giving him, they're giving him work and he's coming out of the bye. So another, another one of those rookies coming out of the bye. Yep. Uh, 91% routes run last week, uh, last game. Uh, for me, I'll go Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, slippery slope with him, but <laughs> against the Panthers in the first matchup, he saw a season high 
nine targets, which you always love to see. He put up five catches for 80 and a touch. So, um, you know, I think this is a matchup where you look at the Panthers and you know, they do have some some cornerbacks that play well. And I think that's why London had a tough game in the first matchup. And, you know, it's a short week. I don't know how much you really changed from that first meeting. So uh, give me some Kyle Pitts this week. Uh, he's only the tight end nine, I think, in consensus. Mm. Tight end eight. Uh, I have him a couple spots higher than that. So uh, like some Kyle Pitts this week. Who you low on? Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm low on George Kittle. Uh, he's my tight end nine. Whoa. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what happened there, but um, you know, I have Debo and Jennings returning this week. Uh, again, uh, a pass catching back like Christian McCaffrey is going to eat into everybody's target share. Uh, so this is a really crowded wide receiver and tight end room uh, for targets now. So, and like I hinted earlier, the 49ers might not have to throw that much against the Chargers. They're seven point favorites. It's a run funnel matchup. Um, so yeah, that, I'm, I'm pretty low on Jimmy G as well. I have him throwing for 235 yards. Maybe that's where we differ. Uh, but just the way the distribution works, uh, Kittle's not getting that much love in my model. So that's why he's down to tight end nine this week. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just, it's just not a lot of guys. I mean, I don't, I'm not particularly high on him, but yeah, it's, it's a weird week, uh, for tight ends, but, uh, uh, for me, it's Dalton Schultz. You know, I know he had to buy to kind of heal up. But Green Bay is actually allowing the uh, fewest schedule-adjusted receiving yards per game to tight ends at 27.7, according to Football Outsiders. And Schultz, you know, we the other two tight ends behind him, Hendershot and Ferguson, have been playing well. So they might continue to kind of, you know, p- work those guys in. Schultz has been in the, in the 60s in terms of route uh, participation. So I don't know if that necessarily goes up, even coming off the bye. I know he's been kind of banged up, but mm-hmm. uh, tough matchup nonetheless uh against the Packers it's like the one of the things on defense they've actually been pretty good at is limiting the production for for opposing tight ends so uh yeah uh don't shelter me what's his ECR right now tight end 12 oh and you have him where like 15 oh okay yeah I'm tight end 12 like like you said this is kind of a weird week from like yeah. tight end five to it looks like 14 it's separated by like 0.7 points yeah uh so we're gonna see a lot of movement there but i I do like that call especially since the cowboys should lead this game uh pretty early i I don't know if the packers are gonna put up much of a fight so we we might not see schultz that much i do like him rest of season his he should be almost over his pcl injury i would think especially after the bye uh but i agree this is probably not the time to play him all right uh what are we doing for the prop uh, so let's go with uh, guys in the tight end two range. I saw th- these guys are kind of popping up in waiver wire articles, but uh, who will have more half PPR points this week? Noah Fant or Cole Komet? Ooh, Cole Komet's in there. So, <laughs> I got he finally got a multi-touchdown game, right? I know, uh, right? Now everyone's all over him. Um, but Fant's playing the Bucks, and Komet's playing the Lions. Yeah. Um, Fant had a big game too. Both are coming off big games. Yeah, I have to go with Komet here because the thing about Fan is that Cardinal matchup was like, that is the matchup against tight ends. They are allowing uh, the most schedule-adjusted receiving yards in the league to tight ends, and they just kept hitting that same play over and over where Gino play actions and Fant just breaks out into the flat on the right side, and he just rumbles for you know, endless yardage. So I think he's going to come back down to earth a little bit, whereas, you know, Cole Komet has another good matchup against the Lions. They are, they're, you know, the 24th in DVOA, and they're allowing the fourth most schedule adjusted yards uh, per game to tight end. So, uh, yeah, give me Komet. It, it is ugly, but I think <laughs> I think Fant was a product of that, that Arizona matchup. 
Yeah, I agree. And I said that in our waiver article, I just said, don't add these guys. Um, you know, early in the season, you were able to add tight end ones like Hayden Hurst, uh, Gerald Everett, Greg Dulcich, Taysom Hill. Uh, these just aren't those guys that kind of fit that mold. They, they just had a big game based on the situation. And I, I just don't see them having tight end one value going forward. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That is going to wrap it up for our week 10 fantasy player projections episode on the action network podcast presented by FanDuel. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. And you can find me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for all of our fantasy football content and rankings and projections and fantasylabs.com for our DFS tools and models. Uh, until next time, let's get this money.